It's BudPod67. 67, is that anything to you, Phil? 67, Sexy Heaven. Um, nope, nothing 67. Yeah, Sexy Heaven's pretty good. Like normal heaven, but sexy. Hey, it's a start to the joke, uh, why is six afraid of seven? Yes, that's you, true. You know this joke? Yeah. Was that maybe the first, uh, one of the first jokes that we all learned? Um, I feel like I learned it quite late. I thought it was brilliantly <laughs> clever because seven, eight, <laughs> seven, eight, nine. Of course. How many other similar jokes are there in the numbers uh, universe? Uh, not, um, ma- not many, turned out. Not many. Not that much uh, punnery why, why, in the numbers. What would you? What would you do with that? What? Why? 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 Why is sixty-eight awkward around seventy? <laughs> because. There's a 69 between them. That's yes, all right. Or, yeah, that's okay. You phrased it better. I was going to be deliberately dumb and go, because 68, 69, 70. <laughs> <laughs> because 68, 69, 70. That, I mean, that, that's all right, isn't it? What, yeah, why? Uh, oh, why? Why does 68's breath stink? Is that too gross? I think maybe that's too gross. <laughs> That is gross. (laughs) (laughs) That is very funny and silly. Um, 67. Yeah, I don't think 67 is anything. If we liked sports, Phil, I'm sure 67 would be the number of some fantastic sports person. True, but it would be like, I think British sports, the numbers don't go up that high. Footballer numbers don't go up that high, but basketball maybe, and like American football, they do go up that high. So it'd be like American sports. I remember someone explaining to me why a particular famous footballer had like a really high number on, as his number, and it was because he wanted to keep his like youth training number. Yeah, I guess I think when you start out, you've got a really big, you've got a you know a high number because that's how far down the pecking order you are. I'd I'd like it if it was like um, some kind of secret society. Um, so if you were a, like it was just ranking so it's like quiet number two you know <laughs> you just knew how good every footballer was because it was like their name was just 106 right yeah 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 yeah. i like that i like that but would you have to update the numbers every season or like every match that'd be incredibly confusing if every match oh yeah it would have to be yeah it would have it would either have to be every season or you, they'd have like Velcro numbers on their back. Although I think they already make a, f- a football top per match, don't they? All every time they play a match, it's a new top. Yeah, because well, it has they, the match the... written onto it, which is incredible. yeah. And then there's all the different like data points, like how many meters covered and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's funny because the guys in my year at school who loved football the most. Um, it's not always true, but like a lot of them were like not academic at all, mm-hmm. but then they could memorize like enormous data banks if it was about, you know, David Beckham or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, their ability to memorize data was never the problem. They just weren't interested. Yes. Yeah. There's so much untapped rain man like ability in this country. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
so many yeah. exquisite blackjack players who could be millionaires at this point that's it that's it if they like you can see people like after 11 pints reeling off like numerical statistics as long as it's football yeah yeah but then i also think that you know maths is for dweebs yeah they 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 believe that there is a link between mathematical proficiency and sexuality <laughs> and also they're all you know dismissive of the co- like comic book and cosplay and nerdy culture even though they they're in cosplay every weekend as a favorite <laughs> footballer yeah that's the funniest thing as well about when people are really skeptical about say esports yeah like video games yeah, it's like, well, you don't even play the game. You just watch someone who's really good at it. Like, <laughs> so, yes, like every, like every sport. Yes, you're correct. Uh, yeah. It's just that, it's, yeah, it's just that all the people playing this sport are diabetic. <laughs> Did you see that news about the, the, the top Chinese gamer? No. What happened? He, he's, a top, he's a top e-gamer, Phil. Yeah top of his class i don't know and he was like massive millions of followers and he's he's officially retired at the age of 23 wow or something it's like early 20s due to health concerns because he had to release a whole statement where he was like thank you for all your support but i've got type 2 diabetes and wow. i can't sleep and my i've got carpal tunnel and jeez can you get diabetes from just sitting around um you can get it from the kind of stuff you eat and drink by sitting around were his headshots too sweet <laughs> is that how you get video game diabetes are you quoting his uh his hip-hop single <laughs> i've got diabetes because my headshot's so sweet that kind of thing <laughs> it's quite a cool burst to be fair it is from, good fr- from an overweighty gamer <laughs> yeah man yeah yeah this um this League of Legends game just got real Def Jam all of a sudden. Who is this guy? <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you, Phil. I, I'm considering starting uh, doing Twitch streaming and stuff because it doesn't look like uh, your, your industry and mine, live stand-up comedy, is coming back anytime soon. No. Unless, unless you're... Are you doing any of the drive-in gigs? They've started, no. People have started um, drive-in gigs. Uh, driving gigs and like then, when the, it, people... like like we're in the opening credits of the fucking Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> That's life now. We're in the Flintstones. <laughs> Everyone runs to the gig on their little foot cars <laughs> and orders some big brontosaurus ribs <laughs> that look really good. To be fair, they always look delicious. Those ribs. Uh, oh man! And and in the uh, in the cartoon, they would if they ate like a hot dog, they would eat it like sideways, like from the middle. Well, like like a corn cob. Yeah, I because when I was a kid, I was upset. Like if if my mum ever made hot dogs, I would insist on eating it like that because that's how the Flintstones did it. I may have imagined <laughs> it, but I I insisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this and what is it? People honk their horns when they laugh. Yeah, yeah. So if you go to a driving gig, you honk your horn, um, oh which is incredibly God. disruptive. <laughs> yeah. What is the deal? With coronavirus. <laughs> People just leaning on their horn. 
I it's yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm considering like maybe the future now, Phil, is in things like podcasting and mumbling to yourself while you uh, shoot noobs in the head. That's right. I mean, I I've sort of I thought maybe I should because I play some I play video games when I can, and maybe I should Twitch. People might want to watch that, but. I play long-form, single-player, narrative-heavy games, and I don't think my followers want to watch me reload a checkpoint because I missed a bit of dialogue. I don't think that's good <laughs> entertainment, is it? <laughs> well, it depends. I mean, maybe they don't want to watch a normal person do that, but to, to, to see the precise way that Phil Wang does it, well. I think people would lose a lot of respect for me, whatever respect people have. You know, I think my anxiety would really come out. I was playing a game over the weekend and I finished it, but oh, yeah. it, it it's a game called Control. I don't know if you know it. The great game of Control. Um, do you know it? No, I was just like, oh yeah, it's it's it, it's really interesting, really good story, but like it's quite hard. And I was on my own in my flat, just like getting up. And just screaming, ah, and like slapping my thigh. My thigh was red raw by the end of the day. Ah, ah, At one point, I picked up a teddy bear and threw it into the sofa. And I was like, Jesus, I'm 30 years old. And I don't, I mean, maybe that would, maybe that would help build a Twitch following. I guess maybe that might become why people watch me, because... The rage guy. The rage, the the narrative-driven rage guy. It would be quite funny to to hear that. Like, yeah, it depends. I don't know what the, the the Twitch community considers to be good form. Maybe they value sportsmanship somehow. But um, yeah, I had that last night. I, I I made a massive fuck up in a game of Warzone with some old school friends of mine, and I genuinely did go, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> like, like a general. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. A God real damn it! Like slap the desk with my hand. You know? God damn it! <laughs> if I'd had a, a a pair of aviators and a and a peaked cap, I would have hurled them to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you yeah you th- throw over all the wooden figurines on your <laughs> map, and you've got one of those uh, pushing sticks that they make exclusively for. Moving models around a military map. Oh, who makes those? Yeah. Who makes those sticks? I think it must just be like the secret department of Hasbro. Because, <laughs> I mean, they, they have a captive market, but surely not a very large one, really. How many of those sticks can you sell a year? I a bet, thousand? I bet, you, I bet you that all the generals who use the sticks, it's like they're like actually like for something from Warhammer. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're, they're meant to be for orcs. Yeah, yeah. That's quite funny. Where it's like, uh, General, what does this, uh, what does this orc mage represent here in the north of Iraq? <laughs> oh, that's uh, the last remnants of ISIS. So got, right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> Have you got this written down somewhere so we can uh, <laughs> make sure we don't get confused? Because <laughs> right now this uh, battle is looking even more terrifying than we thought it was. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. We need to make it clear to the press that we don't believe that uh, Northern Iraq contains even a single orc mage. Weapons of magical destruction. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, yes, weapons exactly. of mage, weapons of mage destruction. Weapons of <laughs> Weapons of mage and dragons. Oh, oh. Wizards of mage and dragons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wizards, <laughs> mages and dragons. That's what WMD stands for. 
wizards, <laughs> mages, and dragons. What, like uh, Alistair Campbell's just a really out of control LARPer? <laughs> did, he did, he huh? the, did he coin that? Did he coin the WMDs? Well, he was the sort of driving force behind it, it seems, yeah. But WMD for me is such, a, such an American phrase. I suppose it's just the phrase, really. I mean, what was the guy's name? Hans, Hans Blix. He was, he was the weapons inspector, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was the guy who kept going in and saying, there's nothing there. And everyone kept going, you're an idiot, Hans. <laughs> Look again. <laughs> you're telling me there what? wasn't a single necromancer there? You're having me on. God damn it. <laughs> I don't think you even know an eldritch spell when it's staring you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think anyone's ever heard a Dungeons and Dragons take on the Iraq War, but now you have. It's true. I don't think any of you have ever heard ha- UN Weapons Inspector Hans Blex accused of not understanding necromancy. <laughs> but that's that's bad part. <laughs> the um, um, shops have opened yesterday. Pierre, did you go down to your favorite local shop? My my favorite local non-essential shop. I yeah. didn't. I can't think of any non-essential shops that I would like to visit, to be honest. Well, How this is you? the thing. I mean, people in the news are like, well, I came out to get my first pair of sneakers in three months, and lo and behold, other people had the same idea. Like, people were genuinely surprised that it was busy the first day shops were open again. It's amazing. Uh, like, the same people who wouldn't be surprised that it was busy on Boxing Day. <laughs> When the shops have been closed for like a day, yeah, yeah, a three-month hiatus was no no cause to reconsider going on the first day back. Give it three days, even it'll be much quieter. I do, I do like the idea that that's how much I've spent lockdown needing, you know, some trainers or 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 a hat. Yeah, just just sitting there on your own, just. <laughs> Just frothing from the mouth, waiting for you, <laughs> waiting so you, till you can buy a hat again. Yes, exactly. <sighs> just, just staring in the mirror, forlornly patting my bare head. <laughs> pat, pat, pat. <laughs> pat, pat, pat. And then on the first day, like the second someone goes, you can go buy a hat now. It's like before they've even finished finish speaking, it's like just out the window, smash. <laughs> Why are these other people here buying hats? Like um, you you run to the shops like uh, Beast from X Men, just like on all fours. <laughs> <laughs> like leaping over stuff. Where's my hat? <laughs> Beast from X Men. <laughs> um, have you been enjoying the disgusting uh, not summer summer weather? I love it. I love it, actually, because it's my ideal weather, because it's nice and sunny for a couple of days, and then we get a break of <clears throat> mucky rain, and because we still are in need of some weather that helps us to believe we haven't missed out on too much this summer. Yes, that's you know true. What, I mean? what, I, what, what I'm annoyed by is when in London we get what I call the worst of both worlds, when it's like completely overcast and grey, and yet still sweaty and hot. Right, that's quite, mm, yeah, yeah, right, okay, so it's been, it was hot, and then the clouds covered it up so fast that the hot air couldn't escape. 
Yeah. And so now we're just in this sort of, so like a, an old sauna, like a badly kept sauna. Yeah. A mildewy like a, sauna. A big wet duvet. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, that's not pleasant. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's or been a all right. And tent. That, yeah, that's what it is. It's like being in a sweaty tent before you've opened it in the for the morning. Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty gross. And then of course, um you know, it's been it's it's been a very dramatic uh, few weeks, but the kind of tail end of it appears to have been a load of actual football hooligans shouting about statues. It has and and that made me realize just how important football is. It's like <laughs> it doesn't need to have any cultural significance or importance. It's like it's a carbon sink for cunts. <laughs> Without keeping it, keeping them busy. Yeah, it keeps them busy. Without it, they're free to roam in our atmosphere and and make everything horrible. We need it like a forest to hold in all the twats. And this isn't to say all football fans are twats. I know that's a uh, an ignorant opinion to hold, but all the twats are football fans. It's similar to Brexit in that way. Not yeah. everyone who voted Brexit is a racist, but every racist voted Brexit. And I, that's, yeah. it's the same thing with twats and football. Yes, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, when I was watching the footage of the, I don't know what you call them, statue men, a, a, a mixture of um, football hooligans, military veterans, and neo-Nazis. Yes, yes, a, conspicu- a conspicuous mix. Uh, I mean, there was, there was that argument. Did you see that argument between the All Lives Matter and White Lives Matter guy? No. There was two guys, and like one of them was saying all lives matter, and the other one was saying white lives matter, and the all lives matter guy was calling the white lives matter guy a racist. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, amazing. And, they, and people said there's no room for nuance in modern debate. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these two gentlemen. <laughs> hey, what were their arguments? Well, their arguments were mostly bellowed uh, a foot away from each other's face in the midst of an enormously pink crowd. Okay. <laughs> so it was hard to discern the finer points of, of riposte and, and parry and thrust <laughs> um, in the maelstrom. But uh, yeah, and then a bunch of them went to Hyde Park and started spitting on picnickers and things. Yes, you know, I, I, I saw that. Like Churchill would have wanted. Um. Well, he may have done. If if I reckon, if he spotted a, a picnic without any form of alcohol included, <laughs> he probably would have. If he'd if he'd spotted a, a picnic attended only by people from Bengal, he would have gone <laughs> no. He would have gone and stomped on it. <laughs> no food for you. Yeah. You not here, not story? anywhere. His his famous uh, wartime speech, of course. Never, never, never picnic. <laughs> one of his pithiest quotes we won't picnic on the beaches <laughs> we won't picnic in the landing grounds <laughs> we won't picnic in the hills and in the streets i'm currently reading a fascinating long article by the late christopher hitchens the late and great christopher hitchens it's from the atlantic it is printed in 2002 edition uh, so sort of just coming off the back of uh, the 9-11 and and it, 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 does, it doesn't put it in that context too heavily, but he references it a few times. Uh, it's a really fascinating read. I recommend it to anyone who, who wants sort of uh, some, some weight behind the 
Churchill was a complex figure argument. And there's some fascinating stuff in there. Like, did you know that, you probably know this, Pierre, but Churchill's radio broadcasts, all his famous radio broadcasts, weren't him. It was a. It was an actor, wasn't it? Was it was an actor, yeah. It was the same actor who was Winnie the Pooh at the time, and he was a regular on the Archers. <laughs> I didn't realize it was Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, it was Winnie the Pooh. Um, Norman, uh, what's the name? Norman something. I'll, I'll look oh it up now. Oh my god. Um, That's so yeah, funny. So, so, like, we will find him on the beaches. That was, um, let me just... Norman Shelley. Right, so, and there was that whole thing about... Uh, so we shall find him on the beaches was him. Uh, 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 blood, toil, tears, and sweat was him. And uh, the finest hour speech was him. So those were not Churchill. He was Norman... Uh, Norman... Uh, how have I forgotten his name already? My my fucking memory, man. Oh, my brain's Norman gone. Norman Shelley. My, my, there you go. My, yeah. my brain has turned to a kind of uh, thick soup. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to the club. Yeah, it's something about... Yeah, this is about... About this time last year was when your brain became soup, and now I've joined the soup brain club. <laughs> um. So, but like, um, was that because of security concerns? Like, they were like, "Oh, well, we're worried that they'll bomb the radio studio when Churchill's in it," kind of thing. Well, and there's no more argument for that than bombing the Houses of Parliament when they knew Churchill would be in it. I suppose so. Yeah, interesting. Um, but well, I mean, here Christopher Hitchens is, as uh, suggested, half jokingly that he might have just been too pissed. But um, <laughs> but God, who knows? Yeah. Uh, um, what else is interesting? Well, the first the first outing of the British Navy in the World War II was to sink French ships. Did you know that? Yes, yeah, to um, stop uh, them falling into the hands of the Vichy regime. That's right. Um, although evidence says, you know, there's evidence that this, that wouldn't have happened, although that's a pure conjecture. But but there was no chance of that happening. Uh, they were they were given the chance to hand over the ships, I believe. To hand over the ships to Britain. Yeah, there, there was one particular port where they were surrounded, the French ships, and they were told, like, well, you're coming with us or you're not going fucking anywhere. Who was saying that? The Germans or the British? The British. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the French were like, no, don't be silly. Ah, uh, I see. British were like, well, okay, please leave the ships before we destroy them or you'll die. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was, um, God, yeah, the early stages of the war. There was, like, one of the first skirmishes of the war was in, like, Madagascar or something. Really? Yeah, because it was a French possession. Mm-hmm. So there's between like free French and us and Vichy French and Germans and a Japanese submarine turned up. It was a whole thing. Wow. But it was still like really small. It was still a phony war. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the 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 people the pink the pink football men they they look like all of the most disruptive and abusive audience members that we've ever encountered. The worst, absolutely worst. If 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 anyone who looks like that is in the front row of a of a, of a boozy gig, back when gigs were a thing, you know you're in for a you're you're in for a, a tussle of some kind. At best, they will fall asleep. At that's that's, your, that's the, the way you can hope. For, that's the best outcome you can hope for. The dream is to watch that enormous dome sink slowly <laughs> to the chest. What is Ugh. it? Uh, what is it about being violent and racist that just makes you give up on hair altogether? 
Do you love white skin so much that you want to show as much of it as possible to the world? Is that the idea? Maybe being prejudiced is extremely stressful. (laughs) (laughs) He gets back after a long day's racism. And his wife's like, honey, another difficult day. He's like, yeah, God, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Yeah, it's like my hair's coming out in clumps. (laughs) Or or, or like you, 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 you accidentally... You know, you you start thinking you start thinking racist thoughts, and then it starts coming out in like your comb. <laughs> That's like your body warning you against it. Oh no! <laughs> right. So the racist thoughts have come out of your brain and rotted your, the roots of your hair. Yeah, they push the hair out. Interesting. 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 This is this is biology, Phil. This is essential biological knowledge. Yeah. You know, you know another thing. Uh, interesting thing I've noticed about. Um, the, hooli- the hooligan racists is that they are obsessed, obsessed with pedos. Obsessed. They, oh. They're obsessed with how bad being a pedo is. And no, I'm, I'm not saying that is not bad, but it's the it's as far as they're concerned, it's the only evil thing in the world. And I because I, I was watching a Tommy Robinson video recently. I like to keep up with him, and sure. and he was going. Why are these protesters bringing down the, the slaver in, in Bristol? Uh, what about all the, the, the statues in the BBC that were made by a pedo artist? Which is true. There are some sculptures in um, the BBC old, old Broadcasting House that were by a man who was later found guilty of uh, some kind of uh, uh, sexual uh, inappropriateness in that vein. And... And he's like, what about, he was a pedo. Well, then they bring that, those statues down. It's like, as far as these people are concerned, the only true evil in the world is pedophilia. And yeah. I don't know if it's a symptom of being so morally bankrupt yourself that it is the only transgression you can find worse than your own. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. is that maybe, it? Is it? Maybe it's also like, because they've been pushed so far to the bottom society is the only uh, is the only people they can find to have a moral high ground over well it's it's the one thing that like maybe they're just so morally bereft that it's like all that's left is stuff that you are found stuff that you find unacceptable just on instinct but you would include racism on that wouldn't you i guess not i guess not i would i know i know i know but they do seem obsessed with it it is their main concern the pedos Yeah, and they're late to the party. We could have le- we could have done with them <laughs> protesting about Jimmy Savile maybe in the nineties or eighties. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, it's always, always um, very retroactive uh, their activism on that front, isn't it? But also, I like Tommy Robinson's argument that you you should be so busy bringing down pedo statues that you just <laughs> can't find the time <laughs> to also bring down a statue of a slave trader. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's real whataboutery. Yeah, it's 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 amazing whataboutery. And it's, what's funny about it is that it it inherently admits that it's correct to bring down the statue. Right. Okay. Yes, he sort of strung up his own argument there because he's yeah. he, he is accepting that if if a crime is heinous enough, then the statues of the perpetrators should be taken down. Yeah, he's not. He's he's basically saying. Here are some more statues we should also take down. 
So it's like, all right, fine. Either that or he's saying we should leave up the slave trader statue and also the pedo ones. What's um what's smart about the the ones in the BBC is that I think they're structural. I think they're like cuz they're all carved into like the pillars and stuff. <laughs> you you can't get rid of them cuz they're literally the building. <laughs> they're like, you know, awnings and fucking <laughs> It's like in the no. Simpsons where when uh, Rod and Todd tear down that poster from their newly rebuilt house and Bart is like, oh yeah, no, that's a load-bearing poster and it starts to break oh, yeah. all apart. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry, that's a load-bearing pedo sculpture. You can't... <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that uh, that pedo sculpture is in the shape of the... It's, it's, the, it's the nuclear button. We can't touch it. <laughs> they were very clever. Yeah. It's very... Yeah, I guess, the, um, I, does that obsession just follow the tabloids, though? Because for ages, it was just like, in all the red-top newspapers and tabloids, it was just pedo, pedo, pedo. Mm. Not like, you shouldn't cover those stories, but in, in particular, it was like, they were they they were even more of a kind of rabble-rousing thing than the vague allegations of benefits fraud that they ever talk about. That's right. Have you ever seen um have you ever seen that graph of benefit fraud cost versus the cost of unclaimed benefits? Benefit fraud cost as in okay okay the cost of unclaimed benefits as in as in the money left over from benefits that haven't been claimed. Yeah. Right. Is it greater than benefit fraud? So so benefit fraud is like 1% they estimate of of all benefits paid out. So one in every 100 pounds is a is a naughty pound. Okay. Whereas the cost of, and that's like, let's say that's like 100 million pounds or whatever, but the cost of benefits that people don't claim because they don't know they're entitled to it or they can't be bothered or whatever is like billions. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And people, you know, underpaying minimum wage and things like that. Like the cost of benefit fraud, even though it, it obviously definitely exists because of, you know, human nature and error and so on, it's just like nothing. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. the most statistically pointless thing to get obsessed by. Yep. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the same exact same argument about the economic contribution of immigrants, which far outweighs anything they take out of the the country. But if you say something enough times, people eventually just believe you. Yeah, you just have to sort of. It well, the, the, that's that's the pr- trouble, isn't it? Is that it's it gets more difficult to to talk in favor of um, economic immigrants. Um, or, or any kind of immigrants like you or me, because then the following argument is like, well, the reason that they make so much more money than they cost is because you didn't have to pay for anything to do with them till they were like 18. Yeah. Yeah, all the sunk cost is gone. All That's the sunk cost is gone. With. Yeah. The only ones who are arriving are the ones who you're voluntarily letting in for whatever reason. And even the ones who come over to have their training here pay three, four times the amount you would. So yeah. even if they are, are trained here, that's even better for the British economy. Have you seen like some universities are going to go bust and stuff because they just can't afford like they're, they're, so much of their budget is just extremely wealthy Chinese people from not Russia. the UK yeah. paying for like their MBA at the university of whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I mean, if you're, if you're from a wealthy chi- family in China, they would just send you to a, a British university. It doesn't really matter which one, just so you can say you have a degree from a British university. And uh, that makes up a large amount, you know, a large section of the national income. 
I mean, as you say, specifically the in the educational industry. Yeah, it's. Do you think? Do you think that we're gonna? It's gonna be two thousand and eight all over again. I mean, you and I broadly graduated into a recession. Do you think it's now that like, it's just gonna come back and punch us in the other bollock now? No, because I mean, I I don't think the recovery would be like as we've mentioned before, exact V shape. But you know, the 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 money that the government has had to spend has gone back into the community. It has gone back into people's pockets. So it's not all been lost on 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 imaginary loans that will never be paid back. So the money hasn't been lost in that sense, I guess. I mean, this is all pure armchair economics from myself. Yeah. But I it, it it I think it feels like a f- far less long term recession than than the last one because we we're, we're still recovering from the last one now. Yeah, partially because our decision on how to deal with the last one was to deliberately get even more poor. Yeah, and this time banks haven't needed the same bailing out because of rules put in last time. That's true. And because of you know they they banks have to have reserve cash now. That's true. Um, Maybe it'll all be okay. Maybe gigs will come back, Phil. Maybe they might. AstraZeneca is very who who have the Oxford vaccine. Their CEO is like. Yeah, it'll be ready in September. We'll be distributing it in September. You just like Can you imagine can you imagine so the confident. fucking Can you imagine the stress of being a vaccine guy now? Yeah. What well, the the re, the researchers. I mean, I think if you're CEO of AstraZeneca, you can say whatever the hell you want. Who's going to touch you? Yeah, I mean like the scientists like the scientists go home to their partner and their partner's like was was it good today? <laughs> yeah. Did you do it? Was it a good day? Yeah, I wonder if they'll become like super, like super celebrities. No, they won't. No one cares. No one cares about scientists. No, they care about them for like just long enough. Do you reckon they'll get a Nobel Prize? Surely the team will get the Nobel Prize. If they get there first, yeah. For what though? Chemistry? For for medicine. Is there a medicine one? There's got to be a. There's got to be a medicine one, doesn't there? There's got to be this one for everything. There's some. There's not one for comedy, although there should be. So I can finally be, yeah. add a trophy to my cabinet. Nobel. <laughs> Nobel Prize for podcasting? Yes, of course. It's time those dinosaurs woke up. That's right. Old Alfred Nobel, the dynamite whore. He would have loved podcasts. Uh, uh, physiology or medicine? Oh, well, yeah, you're right. There is a Nobel is Prize in physiology or medicine. Yeah, it looks like. Yeah. What is physiology when it's at home? It's um people who are really good at physio. Right. It's for the best physiotherapist of the year. <laughs> <laughs> the Nobel Prize for Physiology uh, last year was famously won by Jim Hans van der Plank. <laughs> yeah, a lot of good whispers about Joe Wicks for this year. He's the <laughs> front runner for the Physio Nobel Prize. <laughs> Oh my lord! Well, the the sun's come out again now, Phil. So our hated summer has returned. Oh uh, yeah, horrible, horrible. It's not so bad, I guess. It's not so bad right now. I don't mind it. I've actually come to I've actually come to appreciate it. It took a global pandemic for me to finally appreciate the feeling of sunshine on my skin. Yes, yeah, like a, one of the pirates from Pirates of the Caribbean, the ghost ones. <laughs> Is that Barbarossa? 
Yeah, too long since I felt the sun on my on my skin, or whatever it is he says. Is he a ghost or not, the Barbarous? I couldn't tell. He's a, he's like a skeleton zombie, but only in the moonlight. Isn't that's that it? right. That's right. Magic magic moon pirate skeletons. Yeah, that's what the movie title translates to in various f- foreign language releases. I'm pretty sure I saw that guy in a hotel by a hotel swimming pool once, Jeffrey Rush. In, dressed in those clothes in Malaysia yeah with a parrot <laughs> and I people he kept getting bothered it's quite unreasonable really people come up saying are you sorry are you Barbarossa and you go please I'm not at work and it's just a bit <laughs> it's like come on man <laughs> they must have been filming out there right that's a party place <laughs> maybe maybe but it looked like he was on holiday anyway this isn't where yeah. you come for your showbiz goss no it's not and rightly so uh, shall we do some correspondence for the first time in a while? Yes, let's give it a let's give it a bloody go. Great, let's do the jingle now. Ring letters, keep emails, emails, phone correspondence, correspondence, correspondence. It's good to say that word again. Yes, nice. So uh, Julia gets in touch. Julia, nice. Oh, nice to meet you, Julia. Yes, nice. Uh, she says hello. I'm late to the party, so that's. <laughs> well, I hope you brought something nice. Uh, she says uh, I've just moved into a new flat, and also it's the lockdown, so I've started listening to Budpod quite intensively, and I love it. That's very nice. Thank you, Julia. Nice one. Uh, anyway, she says nothing I have like a, a bit of Stockholm thing. syndrome to finally get us the listeners we deserve. Well, that's right. It's just to make everyone sit still and listen. <laughs> um, so she says, uh, in, in her Stockholm state, she says, uh, anyway, I have a coolest uncool thing or uncoolest cool thing. Great. Um, exotic animals as pets. Ah, yes, that's excellent. That's definitely the uncoolest, that's uncoolest cool thing. It's hard. To, she says, I can't decide which it is, but it's definitely one or the other, maybe both. Thanks. It's uncoolest cool thing, definitely. Definitely, because when because like growing up as a kid, oh, it'd be cool to have a tiger. That's cool. But yeah, now, true. now it's very uncool because you've seen, you know, how badly treated they are, and you understand animal rights and that sort of thing. To be fair, yeah. So, like, if it's a zero to a hundred scale, it's it's like yeah, fifty one. Because the reason it's that high is because of the inherent coolness of the beast itself. Nothing to do with its treatment <laughs> the or the beast. morality of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because even if you were in like a dictator's mansion and he was showing you around in a sinister way, like a sinister MTV Cribs. Yeah. And he opened a a door and there was a sort of bejeweled you know, falcon in a cage or whatever, you'd, you'd still be like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Cool. Yeah. What an awful cool thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i think that's a good yeah that's a bloody good one Julia. that's very good that's very, that's very, very good. good i um i mean that she's very much just watched tiger king because <laughs> it sounds like this was from near the beginning of the lockdown maybe when that's what yeah, everyone f- was doing yeah the fever dream mixture of bud pod and tiger king what a f- weird time of our lives that was it's yeah, uh, was i was tiger talking king. to former guest on on this show adam hess yes 
And he did a very funny tweet, which was, he tweeted it like two months ago, and he said, in two months, someone will do a tweet which basically just says, God, Tiger King lockdown feels like a long time ago, and it will get more retweets than your best piece of art. Yeah. And then, like a week ago, he put it on his Instagram. It is a screenshot of that exact tweet getting like 48,000 retweets. Yeah, I saw that. Very impressive prescience from Adam. Adam Adam knows how the internet works, like the precogs in... Uh, 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 oh God, what is it? Tom Cruise, you predict crimes, future crime? Oh, Minority Report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Adam spends his time immersed in a load of horrible Twitter goo. He his, his understanding of Twitter is so powerful that he knows what will be an instant viral success, but still chooses not to do it. Because he knows that would change the tapestry of time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um... All right, uh, let's do another one. Uh, it is a correspondence. I picked this because it's from our old friend, Mick. Nick. Mick. Mick. From university, I mean our old friend. Oh, okay. Hi, Mick. Our actual old friend, Mick, from university, who is a very talented uh, actor and playwright and whose play became a BBC Three series. Yes, extraordinary. It's called My Left Nut. My Left Nut. nut. Mm-hmm. My Left Nut. Uh, so he says uh, the subject line is turtles all the way down. Oh yes, we were we were con- we were confused about this. The origin of this phrase. Uh, yes, and so he says hello, Tweedlecum and Tweedlepea. Wow, I don't. Now that I hear that, I don't know if we're actually quite ready yet to return to correspondence. <laughs> we can delete this if you want. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a delicate balance. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Well, let's let's see how this letter goes. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He says, "Hello, Tweedlecum and Tweedlepea." <laughs> you don't have to say it again. I I know. <laughs> the turtles all the way down thing is a reference to the problem of infinite regress. Uh, okay. E.g. A is true because B is true. B is true because of C. C is true because of D. Uh, where does it end? It is often used to talk specifically about the infinite nature of the universe. Has the universe existed for an infinite amount of time? Is it turtles all the way down? Or is there a beginning to everything or a floor for the turtle to stand on? Mm. The Terry Pratchett thing was a subversion of this. Everyone knows turtles swim, so there's no reason, uh, there's no need for it to stand on anything. Ha oh. ha ha. Right, okay. Uh, quite a typical Pratchettism, he says. And it is typical. Um, and then he says, anyway, this is probably not poo or pee-based enough for an email to BudPod, so I'll briefly type this story. Um, so he says, uh, a number of years ago, I was doing my morning ablutions whilst playing Luminaires on my PSP. Okay. Remember PSPs? Yes, yes. I never, I never bought into it, and um, I think history's proved me right. It's true. I bought. Oh, into no, it. that said, no, that said, I think I did have one. <laughs> I can't <laughs> yeah, remember. I, one. Um, I was playing Luminous on my PSP, a puzzle game similar to Tetris, and despite the story, worth checking out. I was sat on the bog, gaming device held in my hands, my forearms resting on my legs. I sat this way for around forty-five minutes. It's a very addictive game. Whereupon mm. the game ended. I tossed the PSP into the little cradle of my lowered boxer shorts. Oh, no. So he put yeah. the PSP there in the little ham- hammock. 
Okay. Um, while I got on with the business of wiping my pooey bum. <laughs> yep. Yep. Alas, there was no paper in the holder. Oh no, so he used his PSP. <laughs> Alas, there was no paper in the holder, he says. No matter, there is a spare roll in the cupboard across the room. Mm-hmm. I just need to waddle over and get it. Oh, that's a treacherous walk. Mm-hmm. A task I had completed many's a time before. However, as I made to stand up, it became apparent to me that, due to my seating position, I had two dead legs. <sighs> I immediately crumpled to the floor and whacked my head against the bath. Jeez! Oh <laughs> my! very dangerous. God, that sounds terrible. I crumpled to the floor and whacked my head against the bath, so now I'm lying in the middle of my bathroom. How is Mick sitting that he can deaden his legs to that degree? I've done that. I've done that. Blimey. Um, so now I'm lying in the middle of my bathroom, trousers and boxes around my ankles, ass caked up with dried shit, and Jeez. nursing a splitting headache. Okay. But that's not the worst of it. As the feeling slowly came back to my ineffectual legs, I started developing t- pins and needles. Which we've all felt. Mm-hmm. The terrible return of blood. Yep, yep, yep. I quite like that feeling, actually. He says, now I'm a very ticklish man. A very ticklish man indeed. <laughs> so this made me laugh. Laugh very hard, in fact. Which means I'm now well, lying. The, the sensation of blood flowing back into his legs made him laugh alone on the floor. Well, he says, covered which, in shit. Which means I'm now, now I'm lying in the middle of my bathroom on a damp shower mat with no trousers on, a big pooey bum, a splitting headache, and I'm laughing like an absolute mad man. Oh, how. <laughs> it felt like the origin story for a really bad supervillain. <laughs> I can just see the crane shot slowly zooming out over this bare-legged madman cackling to himself in his filthy hovel of a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> what would he be called? Um, the Waddler. Yeah, the Piddler. The Waddler. Um, uh, the Streak. The streak's good. Yep. The streak. Yep. Leaving his mark on Gotham. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He says, thanks for the good content during lockdown, and I'm sad the Fringe was cancelled. I would have been back there with my left nut again. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, and I saw it when it was at the Fringe before, and it was excellent. Um, Someday we'll get you on here, Mick, and we can share the story of how when I came to see your play... A man you didn't know was going to do this came on stage at the end and gave you an award that was made from a skull. Oh gosh! What it was wasn't official, but Mick's face betrayed the fact that he had not been told that a man, an, an elderly man in a in a <laughs> in a Caribbean suit, was going to hand him a skull, <laughs> like a sort of um. What's a Caribbean suit? Like a linen suit, you know? Oh, like a floppy, yeah, 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 a flappy white suit for like uh, he's avoiding tax in the Bahamas. Yeah, like he looks like an evil. Colo- he looked like an evil colonialist with a big beard. And what was this? Was this like a heavy metal award? Was what was the skull? No, it was just like a, it was like the 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 award for best play in the in in the whole. I don't know in the venue, but it was like made wow. from a, a small deer's skull. Wow, that's yeah. dramatic. It was super weird. And there okay. had been no warning of it, but it was very dramatic, and 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 um, it was the last. Uh, maybe it was the last one of the run, and I don't know. Anyway, uh, see you at some point in the future. Hopefully, Koji Mick. Thanks, Mick. Great story. 
Thank you, Mick. Yeah. Lovely imagery. It is a shame about the fringe, but that's the apocalypse for you. And that was BudPod67. Thanks so much for listening. Um, Get out to the shops. Support your high street. (laughs) I won't, but (laughs) but you do it. Yeah, Um, we won't. You go go for it, though. I'm going to order stuff online because it's more convenient and uh, often cheaper. But you go out to the high street. Yeah, cough on a pair of jeans for us. Um, See you again next week. Have a lovely time. Love you lots. Bye-bye. Love you, bye. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.